Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. So good to have you with us today to our online community. We're thrilled to have you as well as we uh, dive into something that's so important for all of us. To set the stage for this, let me ask you, as you think about it's football season, it's playoff season in baseball, have you ever had an opportunity to attend a football game, a baseball game, professional college or something, or college, and be a spectator in the stands or, or basketball? Anybody here? Okay, a bunch of you have done that, right? And that is, if you've had that experience, it is so thrilling. It is so exciting. People, you know, shouting out and it's loud and people high-fiving each other. And when bad calls are made, the, the booing that happens. And it's just, it's this electric environment. It's so enjoyable to be a part of that. And some of you right now, your teams are, you know, you go visit, I talked to someone this morning, they just watch their team play and they've now convinced themselves no longer to go to the games because every time they go, their team loses. And so now they're just gonna watch online. And so it is great to be a spectator. But I find even in my own life that there's another part of me that wishes I was actually in the game. That I wasn't just watching, I wasn't just observing, but I was actually a player, that I was actually in the action, rather than watching the action, that I could be in the action. You know, a couple of years ago, um, at, at our men's retreat, they introduced, the, the leadership introduced a new game that we were all, all play. It's not a new game, but it was for us, uh, called Cornhole. And some of you played that game before. And so they set up this big tournament, and I wasn't necessarily going to play, but, but decided to, because I didn't really play before, but I decided to join in. And Dave Pepsi and I teamed up, and um, Dave and Christy, they're in, uh, they're in uh, um, Africa right now at Tenwick Hospital, doing a phenomenal work and serving the Lord there. But Dave and I hooked up, and, and uh, we're we're kind of practicing and getting ready. And I, 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 I mean, David, if you know David, David, we love you. You're online right now. We love you. And we also know one thing about David, he's an intense dude, right? And he's, you know, he takes things seriously, right? And so, so David, uh, 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 we team up and right before we start, I go, oh man, I'm going to have some fun with this. So I say, David, come here. And we meet in the middle of, of the, of the, the field, whatever it's called. And we meet, and I said, hey, dude, I got to tell you, because I had been hyping it up, like I was a pro at this, and man, we're going to kill people. And I go, hey, listen, I got to be real with you. I haven't really ever played this game. And that look on his face, he was so like, what? I got duped into something. I want to win this. You know, he was so angry and upset. But anyway, we went, we played a good tournament, had fun. And in the end, miraculously, somehow, some way, we actually won that tournament. And uh, which actually just made it kind of fun. And, and uh, you don't have to clap. It was all good. It was, it was more, we just had fun and heckled and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was a couple years ago. Well, this year, um, we decided it was time to play again. And they said, up another cornhole tournament and David's in Tenwick and, and I'm like, I don't really want to play. And besides I've already won, give somebody else a chance to win. And, and <laughs> <laughs> you know me well. And so uh, I'm like, all right, I got to find another, you know, dude with a beard and is bald. And I'm looking around, Matt Feaster comes to mind. And so I'm like, all right, Matt, hey, you and me, how about we play together? The only problem was, uh, I'm like, okay, we'll join in, we'll play together. Only problem was, is Darren Pitts was there. And Darren Pitts is like, I think he plays 
cornhole every day and I think he practices. He's throwing these things and swishing them through the hole and I'm, and I'm watching this going, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna have fun. I don't care about winning and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm just gonna heckle. And so we're just having a fun time and playing. And you know, we have our people watching and a bunch of us playing and looking around the room. You know, we're all playing and doing our thing as we do and, and we're playing. So somehow, some way, by miracle, uh, we, our team and Darren's team ends up in the finals. And I'm like, oh man, this guy, I mean, he just, he, they're beating everybody like 21 to five. I mean, just killing everybody. Somehow, some way, my heckling is paying off. And so, you know, the taunting and all that, and he's not having his best game ever, but we get towards the end and everything's close and everything's tight. And I'm like, man, he has the ability, that, hey, watch out, this guy can drop 12 points in one, throw, you know, one hand. And, and so he's throwing and just nailing these things. And then we get to the end and the, the toss is thrown up in the air and it travels through the air, and it's like time stood still as we watched it come in, swish right through the hole. Certain hands went up shouting, you know, this is amazing. And the winner of this year's tournament, once again, was your senior pastor. <laughs> now, now, I, I, I don't... <laughs> I say that more because we were just having fun and it was great. And uh, so next year I'm looking for another bald guy who wants to try his hand and we'll join in together. So anyway, but listen, I, I, there really was a part of me like this year, I actually didn't want to play. I just wanted to watch and chill. I really didn't. I just wanted to chill and hang out and talk to people and get around because I knew that would take a couple hours. Um, but at the end of the day, man, once we started, it's like, there's nothing better. Just being in the game and playing and participating and being out of the stands and on the field. You need to understand something. God has called you. He has called me to get out of the stands and to get onto the field, to move from spectators to players, to move from spectators to participants. There's nothing better than participating rather than observing. You know, when we started LifePoint 19 years ago with this vision, with this mission to point people to the abundant life that only Jesus provides, we knew part of that abundant life that is found in Jesus, part of that life only comes to us when we serve others. When we get out of the stands and we get on the field, when we get into the game, when we move from a spectator to a participant. And even though you and I are living in this culture that is, that is just screaming at us. It's all about me, me, me. It's all about what I can get. Give me. Even though that's a culture we live in, God says, I have a better way for you. I've called you to a better way. It's a better way for you, and it's a better way for others. God said, I have called you to a life and a lifetime of service, which is the very heartbeat of God. I love how the Apostle Paul, uh, Peter describes this. In 1 Peter chapter 4, he says it this way. He says, each of us should use whatever gift he's received to focus on ourselves. Is that how he says it? No, no, he says, use whatever gift you've used, you, you've received to what? What does he say to do? To do what? To? To serve others. Whatever you've been given, God says, I want you to use it to serve others and you faithfully administer God's grace in all its various forms. 
And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is where we'll be this morning, he tells us that it's God is the one who actually gave us our gift or our gifts, that we can use those gift or gifts for his purposes, for the sake of serving others. Now these Corinthians, they had lost sight of their value. They had lost sight of the fact that their service in the body of Christ mattered. So Paul's going to tell them, he's going to tell us this morning, everybody's somebody. Everybody is somebody. Everybody matters. And here's the key. Everybody's needed. Everybody's somebody. Everybody's needed. Everybody's needed. So let's check out how he describes it and how he tells it to us. And we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's start in verse 12. And Paul says this, and he's going to just basically illustrate and describe his point to us today. He says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Now, Paul's going to use this term body uh, 17 times in this chapter moving forward because he wants to drive home a point. And his point, first of all, is this, is we all have our physical bodies. It's one body, but, you know, we have different parts. Secondly, he wants us to know it's the same with the church, whole bunch of parts, but we're actually one, one body of Christ, which means by, by number three is you matter. You matter, and by extension, your contribution matters. I, for some of you, God's word today it might be as simple as this. You matter to God. You might have come through these doors today. You might be watching online, and you might be wondering, do I matter? Does God care about me? You need to understand, God's letting us very clearly know today, you matter to God. But for some of us today, God might be speaking to you and and letting you know you matter to others. You matter to others. You matter to the rest of us, to the body of Christ. And I love what Paul says next in verse 13. He says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form how many bodies? How many? One body. Whether we're Jew or Gentile, slave or free, attending in person or attending online. We're all been given the one spirit to drink. In other words, the moment that you and I trusted Christ, he made us a part of his church, his body, by his spirit. Are you catching it? God brings us together as individuals, individual parts, but we form one unified body. And your gifts your talents, your abilities, your skills, your, uh, your availability is critical to the overall health and functioning of God's body. Without our active participation, our impact for God's kingdom in our community actually suffers. And I think about that and I think, what if, what if the apostle Paul had chosen not to step into his gifts that God gave him. How would the world be different today if the Apostle Paul didn't say yes to Jesus and to serving him and going out? We wouldn't have all the churches in Asia Minor which led to the explosion of the gospel across the known world. We wouldn't have most of the New Testament. But he stepped into his service. What if the Apostle Peter, after he had denied Jesus three times, what if he didn't step into his calling that God gave him as the leader of his church. 
We wouldn't have the church today without those individuals, without others, hundreds of thousands who came after them, who stepped into their service to make an impact for the kingdom of God. What if an usher hadn't, hadn't noticed a teenager who walked into a church service that was absolutely packed? And it appeared that there was nowhere to sit. And this teenager looked around for a little while and finally decided, eh, this is, this is, there's too many people here. And so the teenager begins to walk out of the door. What if that usher hadn't stepped into their service? The teenager, that usher went up to that teenager, said, hey, and introduced himself, greeted, you know, talked to him for a little bit and went around and found that teenager a seat. The teenager sat down, listened to the message. The message was preached afterwards. That teenager gave his life to Christ. What if the usher hadn't taken that step if he had just watched that person walk out the door. Well, if that would have happened, I can tell you the world would be a lot worse off. Why? Because that usher who served God by finding that teenager a seat, who gave his life to Christ, that teenager was Billy Graham. Changed the eternity of hundreds of thousands, millions of people. What if that usher hadn't taken the time hadn't stepped into his service. You have no idea the significance of your role, of your impact, of your service on the kingdom of God. You have no idea how God can use you to change people's eternal destiny. We've been called by God, not to be spectators, but to get out of the stands and to join in the, on the field and to step into our service? Will you embrace the part that God wants you to be? Will you move from the stands to the field? Now, Paul wants to talk about this because he's inviting everybody in that Corinthian church as he's inviting us to get out of the stands and get on the field. And so he wants to talk about this in a, in a very unique way, and I want to dive in a little deeper on this. And, and uh, he tries to use a little bit of humor. I don't know if we'll necessarily catch the humor, but that's what he's trying to, trying to do here to make his point, because his point is all service matters to God. All of our service matters. We each have a different role to fulfill in the body of Christ as we make an impact for his kingdom. So let's look how he shows it to us in verse 14. Notice what he says. Paul says, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Paul wants us to see again, he wants us to see there's a whole bunch of parts, but he wants us to understand that everybody's actually needed like we talked about. Look at verse 15. So he said, here's how he says it. Now if the foot should say, you know what? Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Well, just because it says that, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Paul's like, man, the, the foot has hand envy here, right? It's looking at this hand saying, man, this hand is out front. It's out in public. It's in the limelight, but I'm stuck in solitary confinement in a shoe. He's like, no, no, man, that hand, it uses a scalpel for delicate operations and it plays the piano beautifully and the violin beautifully, but I'm just a foot. I mean, nobody when it's time to vote says, hey, let's raise your foot for the candidate. We don't do that. Some of you, you might feel like the foot, like your contribution just doesn't matter or isn't important. Yet our bodies would be in bad shape without our feet. 
Without the 26 bones, 33 joints, and over 100 different muscles in our foot, we couldn't walk. Ask any athlete, especially in football, if they sprain their big toe, called turf toe. They can't play their sport. A healthy foot is needed for the whole body to function properly. The foot matters. So why should the foot ever say, well, nobody notices me? And I don't, I don't think what I have to offer is that important or meaningful or helpful. You know, maybe I don't even belong. Listen, you're needed. You belong. You matter. Your part of the body matters, which means your service in the body of Christ matters so that we can all collectively accomplish the mission of making disciples of all the nations. Paul goes on and he wants to kind of drive it in a little deeper. In verse 16, he says, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the, uh, the body. So Paul's given us this second analogy because the, you know, the ear, it's feeling inferior to the eye. You know, the eye, it's, this, it's beautiful and it's colorful and it has, you know, eyelashes or hair that cover it. But when the ear has hair on it, that's not a good thing, right? And, and, and besides also with an ear, you know, it's the eyes out front and you can see it. And, 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 you know, young lovers gaze into each other's eyes. They don't gaze into each other's ear canal. Oh, what beautiful wax you have in there, right? That's not what's happening. There's nothing, you know, special appearance-wise or impressive about the ears. In fact, as we get older, what happens to our ears? Anybody know? Some of you, they get larger, right? Hair stops growing up here and it grows here and they get larger. There's nothing impressive about it on the surface and yet your ears are critical to the proper functioning of the body. In fact, notice how Paul keeps going on with his little sense of humor to drive his point. Verse 17, he says, hey, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? I just want you to picture for a minute, picture yourself, five, two, five, four, five, six, six foot, whatever, however tall you are, picture yourself being a six foot giant eyeball. That that's what you are. Can you imagine if that was your life, that was, that was it? And, and you're rolling around, right? You can see everything until you scratch your cornea from rolling around, but you can't hear anything. You can't say anything. Imagine if you're, a, you're an ear, a giant ear, and man, you can hear everything. You're like, oh my goodness, I just heard what they said about that person. Hey, I'm gonna go tell this other person what I just heard. Oh wait, I can't tell them anything. I can't speak. I can't even see them to know where they are to tell them. All I can do is hear. Are you catching the point? What Paul's trying to say, one of the things Paul's <laughs> telling us, if, if all that the church had, for example, was the pastor, the church would fail to thrive. If all the church had was, was a couple people on stage, we wouldn't make a kingdom impact that God's called us to. My preaching is only as powerful as those of you who are, who are behind the scenes 
praying for, for the leadership of the church, praying for the pastor, for me and the other pastors. Those of you who are faithful prayer warriors behind the scenes, lifting us all up in prayer. Our services are only as helpful as those who gather to plan them, who will participate with them, in them. Worship is only as fruitful as all of those who participate, whether nursery servants or ushers or greeters or, or worshipers on stage or worshipers collectively together. Your part, your role, your service matters to God. It matters to the body. Without your part, we're just one giant eye. We're just one giant ear. We can't function properly and we can't thrive in a healthy way that God's called us to without all of our contributions to the body. Man, I'm so grateful. Uh, when COVID hit, man, that, that was tough for us as a church on so many levels. And behind the scenes, we were scrambling going, man, people can't come to church. What are we going to do? And, and man, we needed to figure out how we could get services online. And we wanted to do it as best as we could. And man, I'm grateful for all of those people who took their gifts, talents, and abilities and skills and said, man, I'll pour. And they poured hours upon hours upon hours upon hours to get us to the point where we could actually provide a service. And we wanted to do it well and with excellence and give you the best experience you could. And those who are online right now, we still pour into that because you matter. You're part of the body of Christ. And I'm grateful for that team who did that. I'm grateful for, for the people involved in our men's ministry. We just had our men's ministry retreat this last weekend. 50, 60, 70 of us got together. Man, and it was an incredible retreat. And I'm grateful for those men who said, I'll be a part of helping make it happen. I'll plan, I'll prepare, I'll work behind the scenes to give our men this opportunity to reach out to God, to hear from God, and to connect with each other. And uh, in a second, I just want to show you a quick video clip. It's, uh, we'll show you some of the pictures from the retreat. But man, the part of it that grabs me is somebody walked around during our worship time, one of our worship times, they just took their phone and they just recorded uh, the audio of our men worshiping. Man, and I would, when I just heard that, because I had to come back um, for Sunday morning to preach, and when I heard that, man, I, chills were running through my body as I just thought, man, if more and more men will pour out their heart and soul like this to God, man, we'll change the world. So I just want you to watch this qu uh, quick, uh, quick clip. And the voices you hear, again, it's just a recording on an iPhone, but you hear the men pouring their soul out to God. Let's watch this. that moment because there's a group of men who said 
let's come together. Let's get our men together. And they took the time and the energy to plan that. And then the men participated and we all joined in. And God touched lives this last weekend and changed lives and connected people together with each other and with God. Your service, your contribution matters to the kingdom of God and it makes a huge impact. Now, some people might say, well, you know what? I I wish I was a different part of the body. I'm not a fan of being the foot or the ear or whatever it is, you know. And I got to tell you, I I wish I, you know, some other part at times as well. You know, like, man, I'll I'll, I'll take being the foot any day of the week, you know. And so so I get that feeling and experience as well. But every time that happens, God draws me back to this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. And it says that God distributes them, talking about these gifts, these abilities, these talents, these skills, these spiritual gifts. God distributes them to each one just as he determines. So the reality is God decided what you get and who you are. God gave you the gifts. It's not you. God gave it to you. God gave them to you as a critical and important part to play in the body. Your service matters. And what you have, that's a gift from Almighty God himself. No matter where you serve him, you can know that's what God gave you. And you can serve him with your whole heart. He goes on and says in verse 18, he says, God has placed the parts, of the, uh, parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. That's a pretty trippy thought. It's not us. God put us here. He put us where he wants us to be. And if we were all one part, then where's the body going to be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. He just keeps going back and back to this, that it's all God's doing. It's all God's doing. God has placed you and I where he wants us to be. He is giving us everything we need to be a godly church, a spirit-filled church, a spirit-led church. He's given us everything we need to be an effective kingdom-building church. Right here, right now, God has given us it all to us. He's given us everything we need. So, because that's the case, Verse 21, so the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In other words, it's just not an option according to God for you and I not to participate. Why? He set it up that way. Not you and me. Not a pastor doing some kind of appeal. God set it up that way. God gave you your gifts. So Paul's conclusion in verse 27, now you're the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. He just kept saying it, right? Over and over and over. You're the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part. In other words, everyone matters. Everyone counts and all of your service is needed. That goes for our online community. Everybody online, you matter. Everybody online, you count. And everybody online, your service matters. You're a part of the body of Christ. God's given us everything we need. We are saved to served. It's just part of God's strategy for us to be making disciples. So how did Paul say it to the Corinthians a couple chapters later? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, he said this. He said, in light of all this, throw yourself into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Nothing you do for God that benefits his kingdom, that, that glorifies God, nothing you do is a waste of your time or effort. The Bible just clearly teaches us 
that serving is God's calling on your life. And that verse says, when you do that, it's not in vain. So Ephesians says, the Apostle Paul says, serve wholeheartedly when you're doing it. And when you serve, it's as if you're serving the Lord, not people, because you know the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do. Man, I just don't know if we realize what God wants to do in us and through us. I don't think we realize how good it is to serve our Lord and Savior. I don't think we realize how huge our reward is, the joy, the satisfaction, the fulfillment that comes to you and I through self-sacrifice. God doesn't guilt us into service. He invites us to experience this part of the abundant life that God gives to us. And he's inviting you to step into it. The rewards are through the roof. And I think about over the years, all of you who have said, I'm stepping into my service to make a kingdom impact, whether that's here on a Sunday morning, whether that's during the week, uh, you know, on mission trips, wherever the case may be, in our community, and I start to begin to think about all these stories, all these examples, all these ways in which people have served God, and man, we're fulfilled, and we're filled with joy, and we're making an impact. And you know what else happens too? We have fun together. Man, when you serve God, you get to have these moments and these experiences that are just fun. And I was thinking about that a little bit today. And I was thinking about, uh, um, or this week, I was thinking about, you know, when we go like on mission trips. Man, I love to do that and serve God that way. But one of the things that comes out of it is we just have fun. And we build community and relationships and we laugh a lot. We eat good and we laugh a lot. And uh, I, this is such a random, literally a random thought that I remember. One time we played this game and they tried to get everybody connected together based on their interests or their likes or their preferences. And so we were doing these, this or this, this or this. And one of the questions was, how do you unroll the toilet paper? Do you unroll it over the top or do you pull it from underneath? Now, any sane person knows you pull it from underneath. <laughs> but apparently, I was the only sane person in the room because everybody else pulled it from the top. And man, but anyway, I mean, that's such a random thing, but we had so much fun and we were laughing and we're trying to convince each other of this and that. And I'm telling you, to this day, when I'm in a restroom, not every time, but a lot of times, I'll be in a restroom and I'll look at the roll of toilet paper and I'll just laugh. And there was a season where I tried to pull over the top and it was lame and it was ridiculous. So I'm sticking with pulling from underneath. But some of you are like, no, I'm over the top. But anyway, that's silly. But here's the point. We had this incredible time together, even just laughing and memory. So to this day, I just laugh. But then I'm drawn back to the experiences we had and the way we serve God. So many great memories. Some are fun and silly, but some are significant. And some are kingdom impacting. God's called you to make a difference, to serve God, and you will be rewarded in this life, by the way, but also in the life to come. So God knows you have something to contribute. The question is, do you know it? Your background, your talent, your skill, your ability, your network, your interest, your hobby, your passion, you ready for this one? Your season of life that you're in. God placed you here to serve his purposes. So the question is, will you step into that? What is your ministry here at LifePoint? 
What is your ministry outside of these walls? You have a ministry in the church, you have a mission outside the walls. What is your service to God? What is your contribution? To those who are online, this goes for you as well. God has called you to serve as well. And there's unique ways that you can do that, not being here on a Sunday morning, but God has called you and giving you the opportunity to serve really behind the scenes in so many different ways. Everyone matters. Everyone counts. Everyone is needed. God has called you to make a kingdom impact. You are one part of an entire body. Will you be the part that God has called you to be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, recognizing, God, that we matter to you, we matter to your body, that our service matters. And so, God, I'm going to ask and pray right now that you stir hearts, God, and you stir hearts in such a way that people will be called and drawn to step into their service that you call them to. So, God, would you speak to our hearts right now? I'm gonna ask everybody right where you're sitting, would you take a moment, if you're willing, would you say something like this to God, if you're willing to step into to what God has for you, to be the part God's called you to be in this season of life, would you just say something like, God, I'm open to you, and I'm open to your leading right now. And so I wanna to listen to your spirit speak to me. And I wanna step into my service. God, use me. In Jesus' name, God, hear these prayers. And God, do miracles right now in all of us as we connect together and as we connect to our ministry you've called us to. And I pray for this in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening. And we hope you join us for our next episode.